What's shaking fire nation JLD here and welcome to the October 2017 income report. We have quite a doozy of a report lined up for you today just to set the scene because I'll tell you this is the life of a location independent entrepreneur. Right now myself and Kate are in London. We are sitting on the couch at our Airbnb that we're staying at. Uh, it's a beautiful spot, beautiful location, and we're recording this income report. And so, no, it's not going to be the best audio quality you've ever heard. We're not in our studios back in Puerto Rico right now, uh, but it's going to be good. And the income report is going to be great. Uh, we had a really interesting month in October. <laughs> we're going to be going through a lot of those things, and we're going to be dropping a lot of value bombs along the way. So, just to note, Location independence is something that we prioritize, and we are proving that to you right now by delivering this incredible income report from the couch in London, UK. So what was our gross income for October of 2017? It was $218,000. Our expenses were a little bit over 56 k for a total net profit of $161,935. What's pretty shocking here is that the difference between October and September was $579 total. That was the difference. Uh, we were just under September's income by 579 which I haven't done the math yet, but it's around 0.01%. So that's just crazy how close these two months were net profit-wise. And again, we just have a lot of fun things to talk about today because we've been doing a lot of fun things in October and our November income report will reflect this as well. Our incredible travel throughout New Zealand, Australia, now the UK, and so on and so forth. But before we dive into any of that, I'm going to pass it over to Josh Bailey. He is our CPA on fire, and he has an incredible monthly tax tip for you. So Josh, take it away, brother. All right, John, if you're anything like me, anytime you're at the grocery store, the gas station, anything you're making those small little purchases, before the cashier can even ask, you're saying, no receipt, please. I cannot stand paper receipts. They fill up my pockets, they fill up my truck, they make a mess everywhere. I have no use for them, all right? Then there's people on the opposite side of that spectrum, like my dad. My dad saves every receipt he's ever had in his life. He has a giant wallet that he stuffs every receipt into that he thinks he's going to go back and review them all, make sure he was charged correctly. All right, I'm sure he's never looked at a single one of them in his life. Most people are probably somewhere in between those extremes, but as business owners, it's a question we wonder all the time, right? What do I have to save in the way of receipts? What does the IRS require? What does my CPA require? And it's a question that Kate and I were both talking about recently. She was kind of wondering what for EO Fire, what did you guys have to save? Um, how do you need to be tracking these things? And since we live in a world that's becoming more and more digital all the time, the rules for these receipts, especially paper receipts, seem to be changing all the time. So it offered me a good chance to go back and review what the IRS is currently requiring. And I came up with five rules that I want people to follow when it comes to saving receipts for their business. All right. Rule number one, documentation is king. Okay. In the world of IRS, in the extremely unlike, unlikely event that you are ever audited, documentation is your best friend. All right. In real estate, the, the three rules are location, location, location. I always say the three rules with the IRS, documentation, documentation, documentation. All right. So before we even go into these next four rules, understand that the more documentation you have, it's always better. So when in doubt, save a receipt. Okay. 
Number two, cash is the enemy. And I know that's the complete opposite of normal business thinking where cash is king, all right? But documentation is king here and cash is the enemy. Why is cash the enemy? Because there's no tracking, no track record for it. If you pay for something with a credit card, debit card, PayPal, anything like that, there is going to be a paper trail even if you don't save that receipt, okay? And the IRS may, all, may not always allow those bank statements, credit card statements, whatever, to be proof of, of the expense, but it's at least going to give you a paper trail to go back and see where and when it was for so you can go be easier to find that receipt if you don't have one maybe go back to the merchant to the store and say hey i need another copy of the receipt or some type of proof of purchase okay so wherever possible use card paypal anything but cash if you absolutely have to use cash those situations do come up save that receipt, make notes on the back of the receipt, what what the, the date, purpose, whatever it was to, to show the IRS what that was. Otherwise, you're going to be in trouble with cash. Rule number three, anything under $75 does not require a receipt. Okay, so any of these pur- small little purchases, lunches that you go to, drinks you get with clients, anything under $75, the IRS throws this nice little bone here, says no receipt required. Right? Keep number, rule number one always in mind. The documentation is king, so it never hurts to save the receipts. But generally speaking, the IRS says under $75, no receipt required. Rule number four, always go digital. Okay, and for both record keeping purposes and the longevity of the receipt itself, it, you always want to go digital. Right? Longevity wise, a receipt that ink starts to fade and the IRS can technically go back up to six years to look at these receipts. Okay, so you don't want something that's going to just fade. So always go digital. For online sales, which I'm guessing most of Fire Nation, a good chunk of their sale, their, uh, their purchases are done online. That's super easy, right? The, the, the receipt's going to be emailed right to you. Nothing you need to do there other than keep that receipt. For stores, a lot of stores now, like Home Depot, I know one, but tons and tons of them are starting to give you the option. Instead of printing out a paper receipt, you can click the button to have that receipt emailed to you. Always choose that option where possible. Right? Again, that, that receipt's nice and digital, nothing you have to do with it. And the few situations where you do have to get an actual paper receipt, all I want you to do is take a picture of it on your phone and get a digital copy of it. All right? From there, what I want you to do is create some type of cloud-based folder, whether it's a Google Doc, whether it's a Dropbox folder, or there's tons of apps for this. All right? I'll give you one. There's a ton of them. You can look them up. My personal favorite one is called Shoebox. What these will allow you to do is take those digital receipts and they'll help you organize them more easily. All right? Whatever it is, it can be a folder. It can be one of those apps. All you want to do is take those digital, those digital receipts, most of which will just be emailed right to you, put them in that folder, done. Very, very simple. All right? Even if you have to get a paper receipt, find a way to get it online. Very easy. Take a picture of it. Rule number five, last one here. Proper bookkeeping is always most important. Right? Far and away, the biggest key to surviving that unlikely IRS audit is proper bookkeeping. Something we talk about on tons of different income statements. You got to have that bookkeeping. What I mean is you have to have some type of cloud-based accounting system. All right. So QuickBooks Online, Xero, FreshBooks, Wave Apps. I don't care which one you use. They're all basically the same. But what that's going to do is sync up right up with your bank accounts, with your credit cards, with your PayPal, any accounts you have so that anytime there's a transaction, there's a record of it in that system. And yes, that is not necessarily enough to 
prove to the IRS that you had the expense, but it at least has a record in there that you can say, okay, out of my $5,000 in travel expenses, it consisted of an $800 trip here, a $900 trip here, whatever it is, and then you can go back and find the receipts that that consists of. Okay, so it's going to make this so much easier. Even if you don't save the receipts, the IRS is much more likely to give you the benefit of the doubt if you have those clean records in place and you can trace back what each of those expense categories tie to. Okay, so always, always keep that proper bookkeeping. Even if you can't afford to outsource it, do it yourself right on that accounting software. Huge. Talk about it all the time. We'll continue to talk about it all the time. Get the bookkeeping in place. All right, that's it. That's all I have for you. The receipts question, I know we get it all the time. Um, it, it, it basically just comes down to documentation. However, you can document it when possible. Get that digital receipt, put it in a folder, save it. Um, like I said, the, the, the timeline is six years. Typically, if you're going to get it audited, it's going to be in the first two years after you file the tax return. That can go back six years. After six years, feel free to get rid of it. We say this almost every week, but all these great tax perks that are offered to entrepreneurs come with responsibilities. And one of those responsibilities is the need to track and prove the expenses you take if the IRS questions them. All right, by following these rules, you're going to put yourself in a great position to survive any questions the IRS asks. As always, you guys can find me at our website, cpmfire.com. Tons of free resources there. We also have our free course on choosing the right business entity, specifically for Fire Nation. You can find that by going to cpmfire.com slash Fire Nation. And you can always reach out to me directly, josh at cpmfire.com. Josh, as always, you are rocking the mic. And thank you for those value bombs and Fire Nation. Don't forget to head over to cpaonfire.com to see what's going on in Josh's world and how he can help you and your business. So let's get into some of our business that went down in October, specifically Thrive Las Vegas. Uh, this is a conference now that I've spoken at twice. I spoke in year one, which was back in 2015, and then now I'm speaking here in Thrive's number three event, um, which is here in 2017, which was in Las Vegas, and I had an absolute blast. I am good friends with Cole Hatter, who was the founder of Thrive, and I love the tagline that he has for this conference, which is make money matter. So the whole conference is about making money matter. There were absolutely incredible speakers there from Grant Cardone to Kevin Harrington of Shark Tank to Ty Lopez. And the list simply goes on. I was honored to be a speaker amongst all of these great entrepreneurs and very successful uh, just people in general who are making money matter by not just generating revenue, but then taking that revenue and turning it into philanthropy and um, starting great charities and just doing a lot of cool things. It was one of the, uh, my favorite talks that I've given to date. It was all about my fire funnel. So more on that later. It's something that's taken me five years to develop and I was really excited to share it um, from the keynote stage in front of 1,100 people. And I will say it was very well received. I actually did post it on Facebook Live as well. So if anybody wants to go back to my Facebook feed, you can actually watch the entire talk uh, that my buddy Ryan Kellogg filmed for me via Facebook Live. Not the best audio, obviously, or video, because it's Facebook Live and he's about 10 rows back, uh, but it's definitely better than nothing, and I definitely did drop some value bombs. So if you want to check that out, absolutely recommend that. But overall, it was a great conference. Um, it 
ended on an absolutely horrific note, unfortunately. I won't go into too many details because I'm sure um, you've seen and read plenty about this. Um, but on the final night, um, actually, it was the, the conference ended on a Sunday. And that evening, when we were all getting ready to go home, the following day, I was out to dinner with some friends. And that's when the Las Vegas shooting happened at Mandalay Bay. It was absolutely horrific. And so you just, you know, my thoughts and my heart goes out to anybody that was involved there. That was just terrifying. And it just makes you realize, you know, what a fragile world that we live in. So again, not going to go into any more detail about that because it was um, enough tragedy um, for one night not to, to, to pull that back up. But I do want to note that, you know, despite the amazingness of this Thrive event and just all the love that was going on at this conference, it's just scary to think uh, what can happen in the blink of an eye. So treasure every moment, Fire Nation. Realize that um, every day that goes by without a tragedy like this is a blessing for you and your loved ones. And definitely don't take anything for granted. So moving on, I'm going to hand the mic over to Kate in just a second here because we did something really interesting um, right before we left for this epic 40-day overseas trip, which to be honest, because of Hurricane Maria, is actually turning into about a 60-day out of Puerto Rico trip when um, you factor in all the stuff that we had to do um, because of Hurricane Maria to get out off the island earlier than we expected. Um, One thing that we did was we decided that while we were going to be gone traveling the world, we were going to temporarily close down Podcasters Paradise to new members so that a couple things. Number one, we could focus on just enjoying the trip as a whole because we we wanted to really be focusing on the travel and experiencing New Zealand, Australia, and London and not be too tied to to, uh, work and like onboarding new members, etc. And also we have a lot of things that we're doing behind the scenes of Podcasters Paradise to make it better. And when we reopen the doors at the very end of November, it's going to be awesome. And then we're going to once again be allowing new members to come in and experience the awesomeness of Podcasters Paradise. Of course, nothing changed whatsoever uh, for existing members. They're still enjoying the awesomeness of Podcasters Paradise. We just shut the door for new members for about a month and a half while we do some awesome things behind the scenes. And again, mark your calendars if you're interested because the end of November is when the doors will be open. So I've kind of taken a little bit of Kate's thunder here because she's going to be talking some things uh, a little bit about this, but I'm going to hand the mic over to Kate now and we're going to go into a little bit more about Closing Podcasters Paradise and then move on to some more awesome things in October. Fire Nation, you see what I have to deal with here? John is such a mic hog and now I'm realizing it firsthand when we are literally sharing a mic. As John said, we're here in London sitting on the couch together, so this is kind of cool. It's different. Get to record the income report actually like next to each other versus in different rooms. But as John said, uh, we decided to close the doors to Paradise in October. And actually, this time was a little bit different, though. So we have closed the doors to Paradise before. Last time, it was when we took away Lifetime membership. And so we were doing tons of transitions um, during that. So moving from Lifetime membership to recurring membership, there was so much going on behind the scenes. We were switching over order forms. We were making sure that we had the platform set up to know um, when somebody had access and when somebody shouldn't have access. So there were all kinds of things going on behind the scenes when we closed the doors that time. Now, this time, as John said, we're traveling a ton. So we really wanted to make sure that our customer service stayed 
as high level as possible, which we always strive for. And also, we have some cool things going on behind the scenes with um, some improvements, and we're really excited to announce those on November 30th, as John said, podcastersparadise.com if you want to sign up for that live webinar. But the things that we did different this time are that, number one, before when we closed the doors... And I'm just, I just want to kind of lay out the differences just so you guys know there's not like this one size fits all for these types of things. So, whatever you're doing in your business, whether it's running live webinars or perhaps you're launching a new product, you're thinking about doing a service, there are so many amazing things that we can take away from other people who are doing the things that we're doing. But I wanted to draw attention to the fact that we did it differently this time because it doesn't always have to be the same and it doesn't always have to be exactly like someone else did it. So, Um, Last time, we ran a live webinar and then we did videos for every single day of the close. So four days close and we did live webinar and then for the last three days, we did two emails per day. And in every one of those emails, not only did we have videos from John talking about the close, but we also had diminishing bonuses. So this time we had the live webinar and then we had three days that followed just like last time. But this time we didn't do any videos. We only did one email per day and we just did diminishing bonuses each day. So it was pretty interesting to see what happened over those four days. With a live webinar, we welcomed 50, that's five zero new members to Paradise. Very exciting. Uh, the second day, we welcomed six new members. That was with the diminishing bonuses. Day three, we welcomed eight new members. Again, just diminishing bonuses. And day four, we welcomed 40, four zero new members. So it's kind of crazy to see the difference between the number of new members on the first day and the last day versus the two days in between. And so I just wanted to point out one of the biggest lessons learned from this close is number one, the power behind live webinars. We've talked about this a lot. We have shared with you all the numbers and all the behind the scenes of how live webinars have always converted best for us. This was certainly no exception to that. Um, The first day we do our live webinar, we welcome 50 new members. And then also you see that tick up on the last day as well. Um, And our lesson learned from that was that urgency is still a very viable strategy when it comes to marketing your products and services to your audience. Of course, we never, ever, ever want to provide false urgency, but the urgency on the last day was that the doors were going to be closing. People weren't going to have the opportunity to join Podcasters Paradise in between. And so that urgency really pushed on the last day as well. John, anything you want to add about the close? Absolutely a great recap, Kate. One thing I do want to just maybe add or maybe emphasize a little bit here for you, Fire Nation, to think about is fake scarcity and fake urgency is never going to work and is never a good strategy. 
but you do have to realize the fact and the reality that real scarcity and real urgency does work and it's something you have to employ in your launches, period. We've done this now multiple times over the last five years with Podcasters Paradise and with entrepreneurs on fire in general, and I'm telling you, it works, and it's exciting. Make it fun. I mean, these diminishing bonuses that we have, these are real valuable bonuses. I mean, a one-on-one chat with me, an hour hangout, the journals, I mean, these are really awesome and valuable bonuses that we are going to gift to people when they take action. So again, as you saw the numbers that Kate shared, day one, those were all our big time action takers. Like, yes, I want all the bonuses and I want to jump into Podcast of Paradise right now. Days two and three, I mean, even though they got more bonuses than the day four people, there just wasn't that much action because again, there just wasn't that huge scarcity and urgency that was going into play. But then of course, the last day was what? It was the last day. That was it. Then we were slamming the door shut. So we saw that huge number of four zero on the very last last day. So how can you employ real scarcity and real urgency and real value to your launches, to your bonuses? Make it happen, Fire Nation, because it's going to give you great results, period. So that's what I wanted to say. Again, you can check our income report, eofire.com slash income 50. Yes, this is the 50th income report that we have published, which is quite the milestone, quite the milestone. So awesome stuff. But check it out, eofire.com slash income 50. We're going to more details about this stuff. And right now we're going to move into the next section, which is our trip overseas, New Zealand, Australia, London. Let me just forewarn you, Fire Nation. Kate wrote almost a book on this, on the income report. I mean, there is a ton of pictures. There is a ton of detail about our travels in New Zealand, in Australia, and in London. So if you want to check it out, head over to eofire.com slash income 50 because there's so much great stuff here. We're going to zip through it. We're going to give a very condensed version of our travels on this income report. Uh, But again, the details, the pictures, the awesomeness is all over on the income report. So definitely check it out. Um, I want to kind of start by saying the reason for this whole trip was about a year ago, Ronsley Vaz of Australia reached out to me and said, John, I want you to keynote We Are Podcast, the podcasting conference of Australia. It's going to be in November. It's going to be in Australia. Can you make it happen? Kate and I had always wanted to get over to the Southern Hemisphere, to Australia, to New Zealand. We had never done it. We said, this is the perfect excuse and reason to block these dates off in our calendar and to get over there. So we committed to to the keynotes of We Are Podcast. We blocked the dates off and we made it happen. So it was just a phenomenal opportunity. So thank you, Ronsley and the whole We Are Podcast team, which we'll be getting into a little bit more detail in a second here. But I just want to say, Fire Nation, when you have the opportunity to mix business with travel, it's a great opportunity to say, you know what, this is why I'm going to go because I'm going to be able to, number one, enjoy a new country and a new place and experience a new culture. But at the same time, I'm going to be able to meet some really cool people on the business side that's going to make the trip even more powerful. Because I can tell you, getting to hang out with people in New Zealand where we had a hangout and then uh, people in Australia where we had this conference, it was just great to see people on the other side of the world from where we live um, in the Western Hemisphere, 
what they're up to, what they're excited about. So this trip was awesome from beginning to end. It started in New Zealand Forest where we landed in Auckland, took an immediate flight to Queenstown where we met up with Jill and Josh Stanton of Screw the 9 to 5. And this started a couple weeks of our fun travel time um, in this amazing country of New Zealand. This is where I'm going to hand it over to Kate. She's going to walk through some travel that we went through. And again, we're going to be brief here, but if you want the more expounded version, eofire.com slash income 50, the pictures, the details, all the awesomeness, and we'll catch you over there. Kate, take it away. So I do want to precursor this with the fact that we did a lot of preparation for this trip. We knew we were going to be gone for, well, we started, we left October 12th. So we're talking at least half of the month here. We knew we were going to be gone. And of course, now it's into November as well. So we did a lot of prep work so that anything having to do with the podcast, sponsorships, um, Kate's take, anything that we were able to do before we left for our trip, we did. So location independence, amazing. Having the opportunity to take trips like this, absolutely incredible. But it does not come without a lot of preparation and planning. So just wanted to throw that out there. And we've also throughout this entire trip, I would say maybe for on average, let's say one hour a day, maybe two hours a day of work where we're checking in, we're making sure that emails are good. We're making sure that our team is good. So um, aside from all the incredible amazingness that this trip has been, we have still been Uh, tuned in to the business, if you will. Um, And I think that that shows in our income reports. But it's also pretty cool to see, as John mentioned up top, only like a $500 difference between October and September. And we were traveling for over half of the month. Really stands true that the foundation and the systems you have set up in your business are so, so important. So as John said, we started in Queenstown. Oh my goodness, cutest little town ever. I'm so glad that I kept this travel diary, um, which we actually have sent out with uh, in our newsletter to Fire Nation a couple of times. Um, I've been uh, slacking on the most recent updates, but I did send out uh, two updates thus far. So if you're not a part of the newsletter and you want to grab those, actually, it's basically what we have in the income report. So as John said, eofire.com slash income and the number 50, that's where you can check it all out. It really started off in Queenstown with John jumping 440 feet off a platform. How do you feel about that, John? I would have to say that that was not figuratively, but literally the biggest leap of faith I've made thus far in my life. And that includes my four years of active duty in the military. I mean, that was a leap off of a ledge going 440 feet down towards nothingness, basically. And I can tell you, it still gives me goosebumps when I even think about it. The best part for you, Fire Nation, is that you can experience that leap without actually having to do it because we have a video on the income report of me taking that leap. It is absolutely bananas. Every time I watch that video again, my my toes still kind of cringe a little bit here because it was such an intense experience. But I loved it. You know, I pushed the envelope. You know that I love to say the the phrase all the magic happens outside of your comfort zone. And this was outside of my comfort zone for sure. In fact, 
it's outside of everybody's comfort zone. Somebody that's going to tell you that they're not freaked out about jumping 440 feet is lying to you and their cells because it's just a human reality that we are scared of heights of that big because, you know, we want to survive as humans. So it was a big leap, but of course I was on an emotional high for like days afterwards. So I loved it. It was called Nevis Bungie, N-E-V-I-S. Uh, loved every part of it. Watched the video. It was such a blast. And it was just kind of the start of what was an incredible New Zealand adventure that I'll pass it back over to Kate to continue the chat. So you and Josh do the Nevis bungee jump. Jill and I obviously paid extra to be out there so that we could actually witness it. So the video that we have linked up is actually video that I took on my cell phone. Definitely highly recommend it. Um, And then after that, we went on a beautiful hike up the hill from our place. Incredible views in New Zealand. I mean, seriously, everywhere you look in Queenstown, it feels like you're looking at a painting or a picture or something. It's almost unreal. Uh, And again, we have a ton of images on the income report so you could check out what I'm talking about. Um, We also did an awesome gondola ride, uh, which was right next to our place, went up to the top of a hill, had an amazing lunch. We did some luge racing, which was pretty cool. Um, We did a trip out to Wanaka, which is a super cute little town right outside of Queenstown. It took us about mm, maybe 45 minutes or an hour to drive there. Did a really cool um, canoe kayaking yeah, kayaking trip, doubles kayaks out to Ruby Island, which didn't look so far when when we were first getting in the kayaks, but was actually quite the workout. Well worth it for the view that we got once we were out on Ruby Island. Um, Gosh, Queenstown was full of all the fun activities right near us. We had a Frisbee golf course, which we took advantage of. We got to go on a Thunder Jet. Oh my gosh, this was so crazy. If you've never seen those huge boats that they pack like maybe 30 people into and they just go like out ripping on the water, it was pretty freaky. Kylie, who we hooked up with, she's actually a part of Fire Nation. She saw the email update that I had sent and saying that we were in Queenstown. She reached out to us and she's like, please let me take you guys out on a Thunder Jet. Come down to the docks. We'll go out. I'll show you what it's all about. It was so much fun. Kylie's like really super amazing <laughs> at driving these boats. Um, what what was the horsepower? 880 or something ridiculous like that? I mean, it was it was insane. Um, so we had a ton of fun doing that. If you are ever in Queenstown and you're looking for a thrill other than jumping 440 feet off a platform, Thunder Jet is a really cool thing to do. Um, we also enjoyed an awesome night out with Kylie and her friends, which was um, really great to have a local kind of show us around. She took us to a couple of the bars and restaurants around there. It was a really great time. Um, shortly after that, we were headed to Auckland. We spent a few days in Auckland. We had the pleasure of hosting a Fire Nation meetup thanks to the help of Paul Spain, a podcaster in New Zealand who reached out to us when he knew that we were coming down, said that he'd be happy to help us up out with a meetup. That was really great. We had about 25 people show up. It was cool to see that there was like a podcasting and entrepreneurial community going on right there in Auckland. We got to meet a lot of great people Also got to spend some more time with Paul and his wife, Selena. They were so awesome. And uh, just the hospitality uh, and the generosity of everyone that we've met on our travels, second to none. Really, really appreciate that. 
A couple other things that we did in Auckland, we met up with another Fire Nation faithful, Dave. He took us to the Hamilton Gardens. We went to Hobbiton, which is the uh, movie set for the Hobbit movies. And of course, ever since we've been re- re-watching The Hobbit, it's been pretty cool to have actually been there walking around and then to go back and watch the movies has been cool. We also took a trip out to a beach called Piha and... That I mean, like giant rocks coming out of the water, these amazing walks um, around the mountains right there. Um, we didn't really have any idea what to expect other than that people had said, you have to go to Piha. We got there and spent the entire day walking around. It was beautiful black sand beaches, um, lots of cool history to learn there as well. And then we wrapped up our Auckland trip with a visit to Wahiki Island, where we did tons more hiking. Um, I'll totally butcher the name of the trail if I try and say it, but it's something along the lines of Te Arahura. And this trail like literally goes around the entire island. So we did, I think, 21,000 steps that day. Uh, just incredible scenes all the way around. Ate at a really amazing cafe. And the final stop on our Auckland trip right before we flew off to Sydney was meeting up with Travis Chappell and his wife, Jacqueline. We got to have breakfast with them, which was cool. They actually met up with us in Brisbane for We Are Podcast. Travis was attending the event, so it was cool to hook up with them beforehand. And uh, then we both continued our adventures separate ways. Uh, John, you want to talk a little bit about Bronte and our Sydney day? So after our incredible New Zealand adventure, we take off for Sydney, Australia, and there we did what I consider the best activity of the Sydney trip, which was a hop-on, hop-off bus. It was an absolute blast getting to be on one of those double-deckers on the top and being able to plug in and getting an audio adventure as we went through the city of Sydney, which is just simply beautiful on every single level. Um, Our Airbnb was overlooking Bronte Beach, which is right next to Bondi Beach, so we got to have some great morning walks and runs along this just epic coastline that is Australia. And to cap it all off, um, a great get-together was hosted by Omar and Nicole Zenholm. They hosted this incredible meetup at their place. It was myself, Jill and Josh, Kate, obviously, Adam Franklin, Jordan Harbinger from Art of Charm, and just some other wonderful people. And we got to experience their side of Sydney from more of a local perspective, had a great night out, and overall, that was a blast. So we, again, loved Sydney, had a blast. The bridge is a must-see part of the Sydney adventure, and we just really loved every part of it, the people that we got to meet, the experiences that we had, and it was a precursor to a six-day stop in the Gold Coast, which is about a nine-hour drive, but only about an hour and a half flight north of Sydney. I'm going to hand it back over to Kate now to kind of walk us through the Gold Coast portion of this trip, which was a lot of fun. And again, Fire Nation, this is just the condensed version, believe it or not. All of the pictures and more expounded details of this trip can be found on the Income Report. So head over there. Kate, take the Gold Coast away. 
John, I'm kind of like realizing now how much we've actually done now that we're going through this. It's pretty crazy how much we've been able to um, see and do since we got here. The Gold Coast was amazing. These beaches, holy cow. I mean, I thought California was like beach heaven. We stayed in Surfer's Paradise and the beaches there were just incredible. We got to go to the Corumban Wildlife Sanctuary. We got to feed kangaroos. We got to hold a koala, which was really cool. And what I loved about the Wildlife Sanctuary is every single dollar that they made went directly back to helping save um, not only the animals that they have there at the sanctuary, but also just the wildlife throughout Australia. So that was really cool to learn more about that. Of course, we couldn't leave the Gold Coast without seeing Byron Bay. We walked to the most easterly point of all of Australia and really wrapped up the trip in style with a flight out of, no, actually not a flight. We really wrapped up the trip in style with a Uber ride <laughs> from Gold Coast to Brisbane And so that literally, to the day, wrapped up October, got us to Brisbane. It started our Adventures for We Are podcast, which you're going to hear way more about in a detailed recap post, plus in November's income report, where we'll also be diving into our London adventures and Chris Ducker's Upreneur Summit, which is why we're here in London. Super excited for that. It's going down in just a few days here, November 11th. And... um. Wow. I I can't believe how much we've done. Love that recap, Kate. It was like I was living the trip once again, which was super cool. You know, just one thing I want to add to the Gold Coast that I thought was definitely worth noting is that we did drive out uh, to Purling Falls, which was an amazing hike to an amazing waterfall where myself and Josh just got down to our bathing suits and swam in this freezing water under this epic waterfall. Again, an amazing picture is there on the income report. You're going to want to check it out. All I can say is when you look at that picture, know that it was Colds. So um, let's kind of move into our income breakdown portion of this income report. And note, as Kate did mention as well, um, November's income report is where you're going to be able to hear the conclusion of this epic trip that we're on with the London portion, as well as our Brisbane portion where we were um, rocking We Are podcast. So there's going to be a lot more travel in the November portion of the income reports uh, coming up next month. But right now, what was our October? 2017 income breakdown. Well, products and services brought in $148,000. We did 644 total journal sales for a total dollar amount of $24,423, which was phenomenal. Podcasters Paradise brought in a total of $54,000 for the month of October. Our sponsorship revenue was $64,500. And of course, podcast websites was again that solid $5,000 as that's what we pay ourselves out of our monthly recurring revenue that is in the 30K range. Our affiliate income, $70,000. One of our bigger ones was ClickFunnels at $31,000. My one-on-one consultancy that I have right now was $15,000. Create Awesome Online Courses was $6,100. My Bot Academy affiliate with Andrew Warner was $2,500. Self-publishing school by Chandler Bolt was $3,700. And there's just a lot more smaller chunks of affiliate income. And you can see exactly what 
that is and where it's coming from over on the income report eofire.com slash income five zero. So our total gross income was $218,762. Moving on to expenses, which was $53,000. Again, we list everything out all the way down to our straight fees of $3. So you know that we really get into the nitty gritty of what we spend our money on and where that money comes out of our pockets. So you know that we go over these every single month in detail. So everything that's on this income report expense-wise is something that we do think is a value add to our business. Our total net profit with that taken out, those expenses, was $161,935, which again is just a crazy number when you think that we've been traveling for more than half the month. And also when you compare it to, it was within 570 odd dollars of last month's, which again is like somewhere around 0.01%. So that was just a really interesting and weird phenomenon. And I'm going to pass it on to Kate, who's going to take us home here with her biggest lesson learned, which little teaser is, how resilient is your business? So when I was in Austin, Texas for Screw You Live last month in September, um, I was on a catch-up call with my good friend, Jody Flynn. She is the host and founder of Women Taking the Lead. And I was telling her about all the travel John and I had been doing due to Hurricane Maria. And something that she said really stuck with me. She said, it must be a great feeling to know your business is so resilient. And that kind of got me thinking. Not only have we proven time and time again that our business is definitely location independent, but our travels throughout hurricane season which started September 5th, just before Hurricane Irma passed Puerto Rico for me, and for John on September 26th, just before Hurricane Maria, we've also proven our business is incredibly resilient. Puerto Rico has taken a big hit. John and I have taken a big hit. Yet the way that we've built and set up our business would make it seem as though nothing has changed in our lives. The business continues to run and generate the same amount of revenue month after month despite the drastic changes to our daily routine that we've experienced over the past couple of months. So I really encourage you to think about this. If it came down to it, could your business survive without constant attention? If yes, for how long? It's so, so important, Fire Nation, that you build a strong foundation for your business because it really could mean the difference between being able to bounce back and folding should you experience a major unexpected life event in the future. That is a wrap for this month's income report, October 2017. Don't forget to head over to eofire.com slash income and the number 5050, where you can catch all the details on our income breakdown. You can see a lot of amazing photos and our entire trip diary. And Fire Nation, always remember, take nothing for granted. Life is precious. Enjoy the ride.